The scripture passage today is in Psalm 124. If the Lord had not been on our side, let Israel say, if the Lord had not been on our side when men attacked us, when their anger flared against us, they would have swallowed us alive. The flood would have engulfed us. The torrent would have swept over us. The raging waters would have swept us away. Praise be to the Lord, who has not let us be torn by their teeth. We have escaped like a bird out of the fowler's snare. The snare has been broken, and we have escaped. Our help is in the name of the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. Thank you, Debbie. Um, before we get started, I uh, wanted to publicly say thank you to Jordan and Sarah and Johnson, and I'm not missing anyone, right? Okay. Uh, to uh, coming out of student ministry, <clears throat> to give up a week of your time, um, to take a week off of work, to have a week away from your families, that is a commitment in itself. And then to be with a bunch of crazy high schoolers for a week is like another layer of commitment. And so thank you times one million uh, for investing in the next generation and the, the, the church connection and the kingdom of God is better. And the next generation has seen Jesus more fully because of what you guys did this week. So thank you um, on behalf of all of us. We are all incredibly grateful. Um, and as we step into this morning, I'm under... Hannah had some great thoughts, and I'm under no illusion that um, Amanda and I are anything special. Like, in fact, the more you get to know us, the more you will wholeheartedly agree with us. Um, but this morning kind of feels like a morning a little bit. Like, you guys have, have journeyed the past couple of years. Um, you guys have been through a, a lot, Hannah was referencing that, um, and so this morning kind of feels like one of those mornings where you need to pause, you don't want to blow by it, uh, because you might get a year or two down the road and go, oh, I wish we would have dwelt in that a little bit more, because it, it feels like something, it feels like something, again, not because we're here, but today feels like a little bit of a, a turning of the page, and here's what I'm believing with all of my heart. As we get settled into Danville, this was a whirlwind of a week. We moved into a rental, and then like two days later, as we were starting to get settled, we bought a house, and, uh, and we're just like, there's a lot going on, but as we get settled into Danville, one thing is abundantly clear to me, and uh, as I read my Bible, one thing is abundantly clear to me, and that is that God is not done working in Danville and Vermilion County. And I know that because God's not done working in our world. He's uh, reconciling all things unto himself. He's redeeming. He's, he's, uh, he's calling people to be in relationship with him. And uh, as us, God's people, gathered here, we get to have an active part of that. Like, we get to participate in that. Uh, and so I'm just convinced that God's not done working. And again, it's not because the chapels have showed up here in Danville, but I think, I think with some, some leadership and some excitement and all this stuff, like we could be a part of something really, really special. But I'm also not convinced that it's an instant thing, like the, the chapels show up and, and we just experience revival because we don't have anything to do with it. We're just conduits of God's grace and mercy. 
Uh, I'm not convinced it's an instant thing because that's the way of Jesus. Is my favorite book, uh, Sands the Bible, <clears throat> and I'm going to reference it a couple times today, but it's called A Long Obedience in the Same Direction by Eugene Peterson. And that's the way of Jesus is just a long obedience headed towards God. And, and so maybe it is that by our faithful obedience day by day, maybe it is that by our just showing up ready to love people, both here on Sundays and at our places of employment and the places we go to school and the, and the clubs and the teams that we're a part of and all of that sort of stuff, maybe it is that God is going to woo the affections of the people of Vermilion County. That he's going to, to, to say to their souls that I love you, I created you, I want to be in right relationship with you. And as a part of that process, we get to join in with that. And then through that process, our hearts and our affections get to be molded and shaped to look more like the image of Jesus too. And so as we kind of begin that journey this morning, uh, I want us to open up to Psalm 124. Uh, because while we're on a journey... Uh, that is, like I said, that is the way of Jesus, uh, is following God on a journey. Um, and the people of Israel knew that all too well. In fact, they had a journey that they uh, went on up to Jerusalem to worship every year. It's just a part of their rhythm, climbing the mountain to Jerusalem. And so uh, there's a section of uh, Psalms, the book of Psalms, that um, is called the Songs of Ascent. And the Songs of Ascent is like 120 through 134, uh, and it was uh, basically the hymn book for the people of Israel. That as they climbed the mountain, they would repeat these songs, they would sing these songs as they climbed, this large group of people, and that would be the thing that would prepare their hearts for what was going to take place as a part of their worship. Um, that as they go up to Jerusalem, and they're getting ready to, to offer sacrifices and do all of this worship, that uh, they were reciting these songs, they were saying them, and, and it just cultivated inside of them this heart of worship. And my hope that uh, today we can, like I said, open Psalm 124 together, we can look at it, and that we can look back together on God's faithfulness. Okay, so Psalm 124 says, If the Lord had not been on our side, let Israel say, If the Lord had not been our side, when people attacked us, they would have swallowed us alive. When their anger flared against us, the flood would have engulfed us and the torrent would have swept over us. The raging waters would have swept us away. And two things, okay, two things looking back. That the psalmist says, if the Lord wouldn't have been on our side. And that's going, to be, that's going to be the reflection of our morning. That if the Lord wouldn't have been on our side. And then he proceeds to go off on all of these things that God did for them. He, he says, if it wasn't for God, if it wasn't for God acting in this way in the past, we would not be standing where we are today. If it wasn't for God doing these things then we want to be able to go up and worship us. And so part of this, and it gets to the end of the psalm, it says our help is in the name of the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. But part of the psalm is cultivating this heart of gratitude and thankfulness and remembrance of who God is and what it is that he's done. And there's two things that, that the psalmist kind of points out. He says, uh, if the Lord wouldn't have been on our side when people attacked us, they would have swallowed us alive when their anger flared against us. Now, 
uh, the people of Israel were under attack several times, but here's what I know from my study of human biology. The human jaw is not big enough to swallow another human. We're not like snakes that can like dis- dislodge their jaw or whatever and-, and fit an entire human in their mouth. And-, and so there's no reality. And so obviously hyperbolic language is being used here. But he says, uh, if it wouldn't have been for God on our side, when people would have attacked us, they would have swallowed us alive. And what are they getting at here? Maybe it is that, that they're saying that this is the approximation of all of our worst fears. The things that we lay in bed at night and, and we toss and we turn and we say, what if? The things that this is the worst possible scenario we can imagine for any situation we find ourselves in. These are the things that, like I said, they keep me up at night. The ifs, uh, the, the things that, that might happen. And the psalmist is looking back and saying, but God was on my side. And so I didn't have to worry about those terrible what ifs. Yeah, some of them might have come to fruition. Some of them were probably a little bit outlandish, but God was on my side. We weren't swallowed up. We weren't, we weren't overtaken because God was on our side. And then the second thing is the, the sudden and unexpected. Okay, So you have the, the approximation of your worst fears like, uh, think about it in, in our context. For the past two years, what's the worst thing that you could have imagined? We could have fallen apart. We could all not be here right now. I'm going to leave that to, to you guys to decide and to, to share in, in just a little bit. But, but what is the worst thing that you could have imagined? But God was on our side, and so we're here. Then he says, uh, so you got the worst things, and then he says this. If God wouldn't have been our side, the flood would have engulfed us. The torrent would have swept over us. The raging waters would have swept us away. So you have the worst approximation of your fears, and then you have the sudden and unexpected, the stuff you possibly can't even imagine. The phone call you get that, that bears bad news. The person that approaches you and, and wants to have that conversation. And the people of Israel said hundreds and hundreds of years ago, just like we're saying today, if it wouldn't have been for the Lord who was on our side, if it wouldn't have been for the help that came in the name of the Lord, we wouldn't have been here. Now notice that it's not saying, the psalm is not saying, that they avoided the travesties and the tragedies altogether. It's not saying if the Lord wouldn't have been on our side, I wouldn't have gotten just absolutely picked up and placed out of this situation. It doesn't say if the Lord would have, wouldn't have been on our side, we would have uh, just gotten abs- picked up and the flood went underneath us. The people of Israel, just like we have, we have existed in the tumultuous times. They existed in the times uh, that things looked like they couldn't possibly get any worse. But then they had the, the foresight to look back and go, but God was on our side in the middle of it. So they weren't plucked up, uh, but instead God intervened in the middle of the really hard times. The, they aren't just looking back and marveling at how bad things got. They're looking back in an awe and in worship and in reverence of who God is and who God was in the midst of the hard. 
The refrain is, if the Lord had not been on our side. Not, man, that flood was really bad and it was really terrible. Not, man, that person wanted to swallow me alive, but the Lord was on our side and so they didn't. Then it goes on to say, praise be to the Lord who has not let us be torn by their teeth. We have escaped like a bird from the fowler's snare. The snare has been broken and we have escaped. Given this picture of like just at the last minute, we're in the snare and God intervenes. He says, praise be. And we're looking here at an exuberant and an extravagant and an excitable praise. We're looking for a testimony of God's intervention in our lives. And here's what uh, Eugene Peterson, like I said, uh, from my, one of my favorite books, here's what he writes about it, okay? He writes this whole idea of, uh, yeah, it was really bad back there. Things might have gotten a, a little bit touch and go, a little bit rocky. Uh, but he writes, we don't need to be a press secretary for God. Here's a quote from the book. It says, but if I accept these assignments, the assignment of like being a press secretary, having to always defend, I misunderstand my proper work for God doesn't need me to defend him. The proper work of a Christian is witness, not apology. And Psalm 124 is an excellent model. It does not argue God's help. It does not explain God's help. It is a testimony of God's help in the form of a song. No longer does it seem the highest priority to ask, why did this happen to me? Why do I feel so left in the lurch? Instead, we say, how does it happen that there are people who sing with such confidence if the Lord had not been on our side and who sing with such confidence that our help is in the name of the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. We have a simple job as Jesus followers. We have a simple job this morning. It is just to look back and go, here's what happened. Here's what God did. I don't need to explain it. I don't need to figure out, oh, here's why this happened. I just go, here's what happened. And guess what? When we do that, when we say, here's what happened, it builds the body and it glorifies God. And those are, our two, those are like the two things we're supposed to do. We're supposed to build the body. We're supposed to bring glory and honor to God. It reminds me of Peter and John in Acts chapter 4 when they're getting told, like, hey, you need to stop preaching. And they go, I, listen, I don't know what you want me to do. I can't help but, but speak of what I have seen and heard. We don't need to give our, our reflections on it. We just need to go, listen, here's the situation I was in. Here's what happened. This is, this is a part of our purpose as image bearers. See, we were given a job at creation. It says that God created man and woman in God's image. And as an image bearer, what's our responsibility? To, to, to bear the image, to represent God. Now, listen, that, that gets all goofed up in the fall, and we have this big mess on our hands, but as a redeemed people, still image bearers, because that title never went away, our job is to bear God's image. And, and what does bearing God's image mean? To be a living, breathing, speaking, uh, testifying uh, person of who God is and how he works. We get to bear God's image to one another and to the, the hurting and broken world of who God is and how he works. And how does he work? What does he do on our behalf? And the psalm closes with that. It says, 
God helps us. Our help is in the name of the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. And here's what I love about this. We have, we have wrecked the, the way of Jesus and in the Western church, okay? We have made it, I receive Jesus as my personal Lord and Savior only, which is true and good and right, but it is not only, okay? We have made it about me, my relationship with the Lord, and, and there's, no, there's nothing else happening here. And I think that is so short-sighted of us. Because this is the people of Israel saying, as a collective group, our help is in the name of the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. Not my Jordan Chapel's help is in the name of the Lord, because that is true. But this is Israel saying, our help, all of our help collectively is in God. We would not be able to be where we are if it were not for God. And here's what's beautiful about that. Here's what's beautiful about that. Because it is this collective thing of all of us doing it, that might mean that there's sometimes where I'm over here saying, I can't possibly see the help from God. It fe- I feel alone, I feel broken, I feel devastated, and I feel hurt. And then someone else simultaneously is able to testify. When that person doesn't have any strength, they're able to testify that my help is in the name of the Lord. Our help is in the name of the Lord. And it's able to uplift this person who can't see a way forward. And then guess what? Inevitably, because I've lived, I mean, I'm young, but I've lived long enough to know that inevitably, these two people are going to switch spots at some point. And this person who is so close to God, who said, yes, our, our help is in the name of the Lord. This is so good. God has been so close. Is at some point going to encounter something that is so difficult and so impossible for them to face. And this person that was encountering the thing that was so difficult and impossible for them to face is going to be on the other side who goes, yeah, it felt impossible, but my help was in the name of the Lord, and so I'm going to testify for all of us. Our help is in the name of the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. And when, and when one of us is feeling down, the other is able to uplift us, and we'll all switch spots, and by golly, if you don't see what happens when we're constantly lifting one another up and pointing one another towards the way of Jesus, wouldn't you know it will build a church? We'll be God's people here in Vermilion County. We'll be God's people sending out to the nations. We'll be God's people when we are uplifting one another, reminding one another that our help is in the name of the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. The one who spoke it into existence is involved in our very lives right now. We get this help from an infinite God. There's an author that I love, Brennan Manning. He talks about God is infinite and intimate, meaning that God is everywhere, and because God is everywhere, God is right here. Our help, this personal corporate help, is from an infinite God. And because that help is from an infinite God, guess how much help there is? Somebody do the math for me. An infinite amount of help. We will never stop getting the help from God. And guess what? We better not, because like I said at the beginning of this, we cannot do this on our own. It is just, we can't. It's impossible. We will not be able to. And so here's what I want to do today. I think it is important for us to build altars, not idols. Okay? I want us to build altars, not idols. And so I want to... to 
share a little bit of Amanda and I's story over the past couple years and share with you uh, what it has looked like for, for our help to come from God. And then I'm going to bring this microphone, I'm going to put it on the floor, and I'm going to invite you guys to do the same. And I have nowhere to be this afternoon. And so if we need to go till two or three, I invite you. Um, but I want us to testify. And maybe it is that this, these past couple years have been really crummy for you, and you're like, I don't, I don't know what I can testify to. I don't know what it is that I can say that, that God helped me with because I just feel alone and abandoned. And guess what? That's an okay place to be because there's going to be other people, and I'm saying this in faith, trusting that some of you will come up to the microphone. There's going to be other people that come and testify to God's goodness and God's help. And you can then let that be the thing that lifts you up and propels you to go forward. So we're going to build altars to not idol, not idols. We're not going to worship the way that God has worked in the past. We're simply going to say, here's what happened. Here's what happened. Because here's what I know. I talked about it at the beginning. I believe with all of my heart that God is not done in Vermilion County. I just, I believe it. And I believe in all of my heart that we get to be a part of that process because we're God's people. And if I've learned one thing about following Jesus, it is that, that trust in Jesus, trusting God, is just a careful study of God's character over time. And so there's going to be a time where in obedience we're moving forward and we're, we're seeing progress and we're seeing hearts be cultivated to look more like him in this body. And we're seeing uh, lost people who are far from God being drawn into the family of God. And there's going to be times where it's really hard and we're going to be able to look back on July 17, 2022 and we're going to be able to say, do you remember when we built that altar? Do you remember when we looked back and we said, here's how God worked. And yes, it's hard right now. But God worked in the past. He's going to continue to work in, in the future. Because God does not change. The ways he works might change, but the fact that he's working does not change. So Israel said, if it wouldn't have been the Lord who was on our side, when the people attacked us, the flood would have... Uh, engulfed us, we would have been swallowed alive, we would have been swept away, it would have been really bad. But instead, God tore them from the attacker's teeth. They escaped like a snare. God delivered them from their enemies. And he made his presence available to them. And as I think back on the chapel family for the past couple of years, um, we were coming out of a context. We're coming out of a context that was both uh, really, really rich and really, really hard. As I think back on, if it wouldn't have been for God's intervention in our life, I, I really think we would have lost our faith in Christian community. Like we walked through some things that were hard. And one of the things that's, that's hard about ministry is oftentimes you get to see the best of people, and then you get to see the worst of people. You see the, you see the warts in all religion, like the, the ugly and broken parts of people's souls. And so we, as we walk through the past couple of years, we just had to encounter some of the ugly of people that, that I know they weren't doing it to be devious. I know they weren't doing it to be... Uh, 
to stir up strife or controversy, but you just, you had to see the hard. You had to see the ugly. <clears throat> and as I think about this, and I want to get back to how God did intervene, but there were some real times where you'd, I'd come home from, from Sundays, and I would have given everything, and I, I would tell Amanda, there is just nothing left in the tank. And there was a very real possibility, aside from God's intervention, that we would have walked away from vocational ministry. There were some real possibilities that as we saw the ugly, and as we saw the broken, and as we saw the hurt, and as we saw the hard parts of people's lives, as we realized this brokenness in community, and as we realized this, like, uh, people bringing almost the worst of what they have to the table, there were some real possibilities where Amanda and I would go, is this just for us anymore? I don't know. But if it wouldn't have been the Lord who was on our side, those would have happened. But instead, here's what we experience. Not with everyone, but over the past couple of years, we have gotten to experience deep and rich and profound Christian community. Like, it wasn't with everyone. We saw the ugly. But there was a group of people that came around us and loved us well as we were walking through some of the most tumultuous uh, years of our lives. There was a group of a couple friends and a larger group of eight or ten of us that just loved us well, and they pastored us well. There was a group of, of a small group of people who just took our heartache and our hurt and our hang-ups before the Lord with us. There was a group of people who, who just were faithful to check in with us, and we got to, in the midst of the hard, got to experience some of the most deep and profound Christian community that I've ever experienced. There was another situation where um, we were walking through all of this hard. We were walking through all of this difficulty as we saw the ugly. And, and there was a very real possibility that I went, I don't know what this means for us anymore. And I was in student ministry at the time, and I had two college interns. They were both getting their Master's of Divinity at a local Christian college, and they both had connections to the church. And uh, I had another full-time uh, student pastor I was working with, and he left pretty abruptly. And so I was just left with me and these two interns. And uh, their names were Jared and Kale. And Jared and Kale were the type of people who just show up full of life and full of energy. And it, it was God's grace that at that moment in my life, they were in my life. Like it was God's grace. I tell Amanda often that if it wasn't for Kale Ryder and Jared Gudeman, there's a very real possibility. Because in the moments where you're cleaning up from youth group, you're doing all this stuff, all the kids go home, and you're, you're sweeping floors and your stuff, and, and Kale would just look at me and say, why don't, why don't you guys head home? Like, why don't you go spend time with your boys? Why don't you go spend time together? Well, me and Susie, his fiance, we'll, we'll take care of the rest of this. There, there was moments where, where Jared would, at like midnight, Jared's probably the most spiritual person I've ever met. Like, he like knows Jesus, like, but like personally, if you know what I mean. Not like, yeah, Jesus is my savior, but like had coffee with him this morning sort of thing. And uh, he would text me at like the weirdest hours, the weirdest hours, because he'll just like hear a worship song or be praying over a passage of scripture at like 2 a.m. And uh, he'll text it to me and be like, hey, the Lord spoke to me. I just want to encourage you with this. And it's Jared, Kale, and Susie, and the people that are around us. Like, there's a very real possibility we might not be in ministry if it wasn't for the faithful service of these two college interns. 
who were constantly lifting us up in ways that I, we, like, we weren't super apparent with the hard that we were walking through, but in ways that they were just faithful and obedient to what God asked them to do and who God asked them to be. And then there's a very real sense that over the past two years, I have become absolutely enthralled with high church practices, like we're talking liturgy and the daily office and stuff like that that is completely foreign to my upbringing and my local church. Uh, but by doing this, by reading prayers uh, that were written sometimes dozens of years ago, sometimes um, uh, hundreds of years ago, uh, I, there was moments where I was like, I don't know what to pray right now. I don't know what to feel. And there was people that felt the same things and already wrote the prayers for me. I could just read those. It was so much easier. Uh, there was moments inside of that that I had, I had very real and, and tangible, uh, and I can't describe it on top of that, but encounters with Jesus. Because I just, I learned over the past two years through, through the Holy Spirit, I learned what it mean, meant to practice the presence of God, to be still, to, to block out the surroundings, to leave my phone in another room, and, and sometimes have my Bible, and sometimes just be still. That was help from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth, who, who is infinite and intimately involved in my life. And so I want us to remember today. I want us to remember who God is. I want us to remember what God's done. And so, Father, we are so, we are, we are so grateful for who you are, how you've worked, what you've done. Lord, we know that, that these past two years have not been a pause. We have seen fruit of the Spirit that have been cultivated in our hearts and in our lives. But we know there is work to be done, Lord. Jesus, you said that the, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. So raise up from this gathering a group of people who are willing to be sent out for the sake of the gospel, sent out with the good news of the resurrection of Jesus. And Lord, we are, we are humbly praising you for what you've done and asking that you'll use us for what's to be done. And we'll give you all the glory and the honor and the praise as we go, trusting that you will work, you will move, and you'll do just incredible things. And Lord, we want to be a part of those things. So we ask all these things in your precious and holy name. Amen.